10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so much for deciding to join me once again. As you know, last week I tried to keep things kind of upbeat and positive, um, inducting the American Patriot into the Treehouse of Liberty Hall of Heroes. One of the most proud inductions I've ever been able to make, to be quite honest with you, and I am seeing the importance of Patriots more and more every day. Um, It seems like every day that we go through this, some more of our rights are eroded, some more of our freedoms are taken away. And it really, it does my heart good to be able to um, read the comments and the posts on Facebook of people that understand what's actually happening here and that our rights are being eroded and the the people that are willing to stand up and be heard and to be counted um, in defense of those rights and defense of those liberties. Um, I appreciate all of you very much. I actually know some of you personally. And I've really enjoyed being able to see that. I appreciate it greatly. Um, That being said, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to be as positive this week. Um, When I hear the comments from Dr. Fauci that we won't ever be able to return to what we consider to be normal, um, that's borderline horrifying to me, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, He's not necessarily a policymaker. Um, he's a person that's in an important position as far as giving recommendations to the president about a lot of things, including things that I don't think he's qualified to speak on, to be quite honest with you. Um, but it scares me when we start talking that way. What exactly does that mean? You know, I mean, are, are we in our nor- new normal right now? Um, not being allowed to leave our homes unless it's an emergency or, you know, to get food and prescriptions and those of us that are essential employees to go to work. Um, and to those of you that are doing that, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I know it's, it's difficult. Um, in my real job, I work at a power plant as a security officer and I am at the gate for everybody that comes in and it's my responsibility to screen them with our COVID-19 questionnaire and ensure that nobody that's sick or nobody that could potentially have been exposed to the virus gets into our plant. And we've got, it's a, it's a small plant really. We've got about 60 people that work here, um, but I really have looked at it as my job to ensure that COVID-19 doesn't make it into this plant and that nobody gets sick because I made a mistake. I know that there are people far more important than me out there. I mean, honestly, I'm a a very small fish in this pond. Um, Our doctors, our nurses, our police officers, our firefighters, our EMTs, our paramedics, um, And you know what? I I want to throw our convenience store workers in there and our grocery store cashiers. Um, You know, these people are coming in contact with all of us, all of us. Um, They don't have the good fortune to be able to ask people outside the door if they could have been exposed to the virus or if they're not feeling well themselves. Um, The fact that these people are putting themselves on the front lines to take care of the, the things that we need, whether it be food, whether it be gas, um, whatever it might be, you know, those, those people are risking their own health and their own safety, uh, to be there to provide for our communities. And, you know, I mean, I, I tell you, I, I hold them essentially in the same regard as I do those emergency workers at this point. Um, you know, I, I know I wouldn't be able to come to work without gas. I mean, I, at this point, am not 
growing or shooting my own food. It may come to that at some point. I hope it doesn't. Um, but right now I'm going to these stores and I'm interacting with these people. And of course I do everything that I can to, uh, keep all of us healthy. Um, but those people are just as much on the front lines as anyone. And I certainly appreciate everything that they do. Um, just take a moment when you can, and I'm sure you guys are doing this already. When you encounter those people, please just give them a, a thanks for being there and a smile. Um, you would be surprised how much it makes their day. I've tried to do that every time I've gone in anywhere. And, you know, you can tell it's, it's taken a toll on some of these people. Um, they're concerned. They're scared in some cases. Um, and just knowing that their efforts are appreciated, I think, um, really does help them to feel better about what's going on. Um, back on February 26th, I made a post on Facebook, and I've tried to stay away from talking about the virus too much here on the, the podcast, um, but I made a post on Facebook February 26th and said that COVID-19 would not reach the severity of the seasonal flu. And when you look at the fact that the United States is beginning to plateau, in line with the Chinese model, in line with the Italian model. And we haven't even gotten to half of the seasonal flu deaths in the United States yet. I think it looks like that's going to be true. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're being told that our society is going to change forever. And we're not going to return to the normal that we knew before. Now, I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer. I, I fully admit that. But if seasonal flu is worse every year, than COVID-19. Why is it COVID-19 that's keeping us from returning to normal? I mean, have you guys pondered that? And I'm sure, again, my audience is among the most intelligent anywhere. I know that you guys are on top of things, but it's like, if you really stop and think about this, what is the reason for all of this? And you can say, well, Jace, you're a conspiracy theorist. And to some extent I am. You know, I mean, there's there's no question about that. I'm always looking beyond what I'm told because history tells me that if I want to find out the truth, I have to do that. Um, you know, if I just believed TV news, I would have thought that Donald Trump was a Russian agent. He's working for Putin and he's doing his best to under, undermine the United States. Um, of course, we know that's not true. I would have thought that, you know, he was trying to bribe Ukraine to make them do everything that we want them to do. And of course, I know that's not true, you know, and it's like on down the line. It's not unique to President Trump. I feel like he gets a little bit more of it, actually a lot more of it than most presidents before him have for whatever reason. I think largely because he's not part of the establishment and neither side can control him. Um, but it it just... It really bothers me that some people are so willing to accept what comes over the radio, what comes over the television, you know, even to some extent what stories are posted online. I mean, I think you really have to be kind of astute to understand what is some form of propaganda and what is actually hard news. Um, and that hard news is hard to come by right now. It really is. I mean, if you're looking at the networks, if you're listening to um, a lot of radio programming, a lot of that stuff is geared towards compliance with what our governments are establishing for us right now. And that horrifies me, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it's like when you listen to these people, they regurgitate what they're told on TV, what they hear on the radio, what they hear even when they go to a department store. Um, 
actually had to do a little bit of shopping at a, a local department store here earlier this week, and they play elevator music most of the time. But about every five minutes or so, they would cut in with what they're doing to prevent the spread of coronavirus. You know, and they say, well, you know, our employees are wearing masks and gloves and we ask that you stand six feet apart and blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things that we've been told all along. And it ended with the government tagline. We're all in this together. And you can't make it through a briefing on this stuff. You can't make it through an advertisement for what's going on right now. You can't make it through any piece of information without hearing the tagline, we're all in this together. And it just, for anybody that understands what happened in Nazi Germany, this has to be bothersome to you. I mean, we're being propagandized just as hard as the German population was in the 30s and 40s. And I'm, I'm deadly serious when I say that. You know, I mean, they make it a, a patriotic thing to surrender your rights. It's the least patriotic thing that you can do. I mean, the, the First Amendment has been just about removed from this country. You know, the, the Constitution of the United States, the document that we're founded on, the document that so many of us took that oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It's now being completely disregarded. Those pieces of paper that our, our forefathers and foremothers in a lot of cases fought for is just being completely disregarded. And it's being presented to us in the name of patriotism. It's like, are you kidding me? Adolf Hitler and Joe Goebbels could not have done a better job than is being done in this country right now of brainwashing a population into thinking that given, giving up their rights is a patriotic thing to do. It's like, have we lost all idea of what it means to be an American? You know, there's nothing that we hold more dear than the rights that we have in this country and the people that fought to protect them. I just don't understand how the entire populace, with some patriotic exceptions, is buying into the idea that giving up their rights is a patriotic thing to do. There's nothing less patriotic than that. You know, Easter's on Sunday. And I know that my Jewish friends just celebrated Passover. And it's the first time, to my knowledge, in the history of this nation, that Jews and Christians have not been able to celebrate their faith in the way that they would see fit. Congress shall make no law with respect to the establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It's unmistakable, folks. It is absolutely unmistakable. That is your God-given right. And it's funny when the, the founders wrote the, the Declaration of Independence, <clears throat> pardon me, they, they said that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Who did they say gives us those rights? Our creator. Not the president, not the governor, not Congress, not the National Guard, not anybody. 
but our creator. So if our creator is giving us these rights, who has the authority to take them away? In my opinion, our creator, not anyone else. And I couldn't be more disappointed in the people that have handed over their rights so willingly. And unfortunately, it's the majority of us. It's the majority of us. And there aren't enough of us to stand up for truth, for justice, for liberty, for the Constitution, for the ideas that are in the Declaration of Independence, for us to change it. I really wish we could start our own propaganda campaign. I really wish we could start to tell these people the actual truth. I really wish we could start to get them to listen and to observe, to pay attention to what's actually going on. These are unprecedented times, folks. I, I never thought I would see a day in the United States of America that our First Amendment would be completely and entirely pissed away. And it makes me sick. It's not just religion. How about your right to peaceably assemble? Also in the First Amendment. Can you do that? Not if there's more than nine of you. So we've taken that away too. Driving to work today, I was listening to the radio and heard that the governor of Michigan is actually making it illegal to advertise non-essential products. Freedom of speech much? And who decides what's a non-essential product? You know, if you're holed up in a house for a month or a month and a half with a three-year-old, is a new toy an essential product when they've been playing with the same damn thing for that long? I'd argue it probably is. And that's the thing that, that frustrates me maybe more than anything is that we're not thinking about the mental health and well-being of our population. Uh, human beings are social creatures. You know, we're meant to interact with each other. Um, that's our foundation in a lot of ways. You know, we, we have a frontal lobe, I believe, that's larger than any other animal on earth. And so we can look at each other and see expression. See what somebody means without them saying it. Listen to their words, not just hear them, but understand. In a lot of ways, that's what we're created for. That interaction with other people is so important to the human race that if you take it away, you're going to have a problem. You know, you, you think about the mental health issues that we have in this country to start with without something like this going on. Then you have people in their house 24 hours a day being constantly bombarded by how horrible everything in the world is. What do you think is going to happen to those people? Suicides are going to go up. Domestic abuse is going to go up. We're going to be dealing with so many unintended consequences, or at least I hope they're unintended. At this point, I'm not really sure. But it's like, you, you can't do this to a population, especially an American population, where there are those great American patriots out there who still understand what we stand for and that we don't put the Constitution on hold when it's inconvenient for us. 
We didn't put the Constitution on hold during World War I, did we? World War II? Vietnam? Korea? Gulf War? Spanish flu? Swine flu? When have we ever put the Constitution on hold, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, you could argue during World War II, and I think you'd be right, at least as far as this goes, putting Japanese in internment camps, which was a complete and total disgrace. You could say Lincoln suspending habeas corpus during the Civil War. I think you'd be right, which was a complete and total disgrace. But it's like, when have we taken the civil rights away from every man, woman, and child in this country before? And it's not like we haven't faced more serious emergencies. We have many times. Many times. And we will going forward from here. I hate to say that, but you know it's true. If you've lived any length of time on this planet, you know that there are serious bad things that are going to happen. We're going to face worse than this. We've got to have the balls to overcome it. We've got to have the balls to stand up to our governments and say, no, no, we're not doing this. No, my First Amendment rights don't come with an expiration clause or a convenience clause. I will exercise those rights. I will do and go where I want to do and go. And don't take this the wrong way. You know, I, I'm not saying that I'm out there coughing in people's faces and, you know, doing other things that have the potential to make other people sick. I would never do that. And I think people that would do that are disgusting. We just had a case uh, in my hometown here just a couple of days ago where a kid identified himself as COVID-19 positive and deliberately coughed in the face of two of our police officers. And I'm glad I'm not a police officer anymore because he would have been knocked to a social distance. Um, and hopefully he would have taken up one of those beds that could have been used by a COVID-19 patient. I mean, it's like you, you to some extent, to a large extent, actually, have to take this seriously. And I'm going a little bit, a little overboard for me now. During a, a serious flu season, I wash my hands more frequently. I use more hand sanitizer, things like that, trying to pet, protect myself and the people that I come in contact with. I'm doing that a whole lot more right now. Um, whenever I come to work and my boss leaves, I relieve him uh, at the end of his shift. Um, he and I both, he does it before I get here and I do it after he leaves. He and I both disinfect and sanitize everything. We have some common equipment that we use. You know, we both make sure we hit that real hard. And I do it when I leave. And he does it when he comes back in in the morning. You know, I mean, it's like we are working to protect each other, to protect the people here at the plant, and to protect our families and our community, the people that we care about. And I do care about everybody in this community. You know, I, I would never do anything that is going to jeopardize the health of anybody in this community. And I'm not going to other communities right now. I'm restrict restricting my travel. Um, I don't travel a whole lot anyway. Um, but right now I'm, I'm staying local. You know, I'm, I'm about 14 miles from work. I travel that 28 miles every day. And, you know, the, the convenience stores and the grocery stores that I stop at are along that route. 
you know, I'm not going out of my way to go somewhere else and potentially jeopardize someone else's health. I do take it seriously in that regard. I'm treating it like a serious flu. But I, I also recognize that our rights generally don't get suspended for a serious flu, and nor should they be. Um, so it's like while I am taking my own precautions, I think some of the precautions that our governments are taking are not just over the line. They're ridiculous. I mean, they're flat out ridiculous. Um, as a matter of fact, just today I, I read a story from Colorado um, about a man who was actually a former Colorado state trooper who was at a park playing with his six-year-old daughter. And they were playing ball, playing catch. And no one else was in within 15 feet of them. The local police department arrived. They threatened the man and told him that if they didn't leave, that they were going to arrest him in front of his six-year-old daughter. And ultimately, they did that. And they put him in the back of the squad car. She, of course, was borderline hysterical, as any six-year-old would be, watching her father get arrested. And they called their supervisor for guidance on what they were supposed to do. Of course, they didn't call until after they arrested this guy. And the supervisor said they had overstepped their bounds, and they let the guy go. Now, if you know anything about the way our justice system works, you know that you can't arrest someone and then just unarrest them. Once you arrest them, they have to see a judge or they have to see a magistrate. They have to be afforded those civil rights. And this guy was not. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think he should be very, very, very wealthy when this civil suit is over. Obviously, his daughter being close to him isn't a problem. She's going to be close to him in, at home, too. Not an issue. Everybody else was at least 15 feet away. The curtain guidance is six. You know, he's more, he's two and a half times that distance. And yet they come along and arrest him. And it just, it makes no sense to me. From the, from the day of our inception, on July 4th, 1776, our founders wrote down that we have an unequivocal right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what were these two people doing? What were this father and daughter doing? They're trying to enjoy their life, trying to make the most of the situation. Getting outside, getting some fresh air, spending some time together, doing something they both enjoy. They were exercising the liberty to go outside and do something together that they enjoy. They were pursuing happiness, playing ball together, father and daughter. I'll never forget the time that my eldest daughter spent playing uh, Little League softball. And she was great. You know, she, she didn't start until several years after uh, the other girls on her team started playing. But when the season kicked off, you know, she was playing first base and batting cleanup. So obviously she picked it up pretty fast. And she picked it up because every time, every time we had any free time together, Dad, can we go back out in the backyard and play ball? Can we go in the yard and play ball? Can you teach me how to hit? Can you teach me how to bunt? Can you teach me how to catch? Can you teach me how to throw better? And those were some of the best times I ever had in my life. 
those of you that have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, when your child wants to pick up and learn something that you love, I, I mean, it just it touches you in a place that nothing else can. I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm America, baseball, apple pie, hot dogs, you know, Cracker Jack, all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm all about this country and the things that matter to us. Look at the history of baseball. Are you kidding me? You know, the guys that were building the freaking cross-country railroad, when they got a break, they played baseball. Through every tragedy that we faced, we hung on to baseball. Get chills talking about it, to be honest with you. You know, when your kid wants to go out there and wants to learn the same thing, become a little part of that history, it's a hell of a proud moment as a father. And so I can understand exactly where this guy was coming from. You know, I'm sure that he, his daughter, the rest of their family, their dog, you know, I'm sure everybody's sick of the situation that we have going on in this country right now. And I'm sure they just wanted to take a break. Just enjoy the sunshine and the fresh air and concentrating on something besides bad news. And here comes the Gestapo. <laughs> For the crime of playing catch, you're under arrest. And I don't blame the police officers. I really don't. Um, you all know me. I'm extremely pro-police. I'll criticize where it's warranted, but otherwise I'm going to back our blue all the way. And I know that most of you do too. And I certainly appreciate that on their behalf. Um, but I, I, I just don't, I just don't understand. And I guess, you know, when we can't do the other things that are inherently American, I guess. Baseball and softball and all those other things that we care about have to fall too. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> As far as I could tell from the pictures, it looked like there were four police officers that responded to this. Because, of course, you know, for one guy and a six-year-old girl playing catch, you're going to need four police officers because that's a high-risk situation. And I don't mean to be a smartass. I know that anything can turn into a high-risk situation for a police officer. I do understand and respect that. But three of the officers were standing well back in excess of what the current social distance recommendations are right now. The guy that handcuffed him obviously had to be a little closer. And as he was handcuffing him, he was probably breaking whatever city or state ordinance that they were trying to enforce. Was he not? I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be inside of six feet. Of course, the three other officers just stood there and watched. That was fine. You know, he can do it. It's just the the surf civilians that aren't allowed to. And the whole thing just kind of has a Gestapo-esque feel to it for me. Um, not unlike Nazi Germany, where I think there were good people who were brainwashed into doing some of the most heinous things in human history. I think these officers have fallen victim to their awful leadership who 
is not only putting unnecessary and undue restrictions on our civil liberties, but they're failing to provide the proper guidance to their officers that are in the field. And so I don't blame those officers. I blame their leadership, which I think is an absolute disaster, is, as is the case across most of the country right now. I think leadership really leaves a lot to be desired. I've even been critical of the president at times, you know, just because I think some of these things need to come to an end and we need someone that can offer us hope and someone to explain to us that our American ideals still matter in the face of this challenge. And I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And so largely, I think it comes down to you and I. I think we have to kindly and gently remind people who we are. Remind people what the United States of America is. Remind them of the ideals that we were founded upon. Remind them of what's going to matter after COVID-19 is long gone. Remind them of the men and women who fought to preserve the ideals and the rights that we have. Remind them why nobody since the Brits has invaded U.S. soil. Because we all stood together. We all stand up. No matter what the challenge of our time is, we all stand up. And as I look at the flag blowing outside my window, I remember why we do this. I remember what we stand for. I remember whose obligation it is to keep this country the land of the free and the home of the brave. And so do you. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate the feedback that I get from you. Just the knowledge that my words aren't in vain, that there are other people out there that feel the same way I do, care about this country as much as I do, who have their sim our symbols tattooed on their bodies like I do. It's up to us, folks. And I know it's a hell of a challenge. Like I said, many of our fellow countrymen have been brainwashed to an unreachable extent. But I'm hopeful that if they hear our voices enough, if they're reminded enough who we are and what we do, hopefully some of that will begin to sink in too. Guys, I love you. God bless you. Please stay healthy. Please stay safe. Take the precautions that you need to to make sure that you and your family and your community don't get sick. And when you get a chance, please give me your feedback. You know, I always like to hear from you guys. I am on Twitter at Treehouse1776, at Treehouse1776. Drop me a line there. It's also the Treehouse of Liberty podcast page on Facebook. Or you can send me an email, and my email address is jdf as in Frank, O-R-N as in Nancy, W-A-L-T as in Tom. Please keep your comments coming. Please keep hope alive. Please continue to remember and to tell others what this country truly stands for. Until then, God bless America. God bless you.